0: Hello, ladies. Welcome back to another episode of the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast. I have a super special guest for you today. This is Dr. Sonia Jensen. She is a naturopathic physician with a mission to change the way that women understand their bodies and themselves. She's been working with women for over a decade, inspiring them to be the best versions of themselves and helping them gain freedom from the chains of society, their hormones, and the mantra that continuously plays in so many of their minds. I am not enough which I'm sure all of you can relate to because it's the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast. So I would love for you to just share a little bit about yourself
1: and what got you into the space of specifically women's health. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for having me on your show. It's such an honor. And this is just what I love to talk about, because I think it really is so important. And women really are the center of their families and their communities. And I find if we can support them, we're really creating that ripple effect into the world and especially our next generation as a woman is the first relationship that any of us has so again if we can support her i think we are really changing the trajectory of the world and our children and so for my personal story um i always knew i was going to go into some form of health and going through university i studied cell biology and didn't really know which direction i was going to take but i knew it was going to be some element of healing And after I graduated, um, I was deciding between like occupational therapy and like working with young kids with special needs to massage therapy to physio, like I just didn't know which direction, but I ended up doing massage out of various other reasons that you'll read in my book and my story about just kind of living out a life that I thought I was supposed to. So it was really making decisions from the head instead of my heart. And after about a year of that, I was calling a number and accidentally called the naturopathic school and started asking questions and like, well, what is is naturopathic medicine? What is this all about? And as the woman started speaking to me and telling me what they can do and their scope of practice, I started to realize, well, this is kind of how I grew up with my background in, um, you know, my parents being from India and my grandparents and using Ayurvedic medicine and how we eat and how we live and So it really intrigued me. And within two weeks, I had transferred over to this new school now. And then that's kind of where my journey started and really observing myself and the changes that occurred in my body and my mind and just how I relate to myself. I went through a a divorce in my last year at that time, which really shook everything up in my life, including my relationship with my family and community and you know, went away for a couple of years to Southeast Asia and then came back and started working. And initially I thought, you know, I'm going to do more physical medicine because I was really interested in that and um, focused more on that during my time at the school too. And, but I would always, even in my training would get women showing up, In their 40s and 50s or you know how it is like when you're starting to invite something in or the universe is kind of speaking to you like this is actually your path and that was really the trajectory that allowed me to see myself more in them i knew that if i didn't change what i was doing or how i was living i would be that woman that was sitting across from me talking about her menopause talking about getting a divorce at that time talking about how she's lived for everybody else but herself And when I came back and started again, attracting these women to myself, I just knew that this was not only for the community, but it was, they were showing me how I needed to heal. And that's what pushed me into my journey, which then came full circle. And since then I've been working with women and their families.
0: Yeah. I think so many women, uh, you know, you're, you're the mothers, the healers, and you, you give, 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 give. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think we do get like a very twisted mindset sometimes of what self-care is, you know, like, oh, I don't, I don't have time to like take a bubble bath. And it's like, self-care is not bubble baths. (laughs) Like (laughs) self-care is, you know, eating nourishing food Mm -hmm. and, you know, taking time in quiet and walking outside, you know, like, self-care is like making sure that you can show up so importantly. So I love that when you talk about women with their hormones, um, I really loved how you talked about like taking those moments of quiet and watching your mindset, because that's the last thing that we always think we need to change. Like, just give me my new diet. Just give me my new supplement protocol. So What kind of helped you step into like, okay, yes, we do need nutrition and supplements, but we also need the mindset and we need to
1: have, you know, that healing as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great question. A lot of it was my own story and my own journey of having um, PCOS when I was younger and a swollen uterus and not really knowing where. This was actually coming from and yes you know I changed my diet I did all the things but really the the symptoms and how I related to myself and my sexuality and my all of those things just was not being looked at the way it needed to be and it just wasn't being healed I still had the heavy periods I still had these challenges where I couldn't even leave my home um, mm-hmm. during those times when my whole schedule would be wrapped around Um, those days and so when I started to really investigate like where is this actually coming from and stepping more and more into just self-discovery and that journey of mine started when I was very young that self-discovery but I still hadn't put those pieces together until it really clicked that I had this big T trauma when I was eight years old that then changed how I saw the world and the trust that I had in the world, which then changed how I transitioned in puberty and saw myself, which then changed the choices I was making in my 20s, um, drinking, not eating well, staying up late, all the different habits that were created for me to just get through the day. And then as I started unraveling that and realizing that story that I've been holding and that identity that I've been holding for so long was really changing my physiology and how my body was responding so the more I started to listen and started to understand that the months that I experienced PMS there's something that my body is trying to tell me you know if I'm bleeding a lot there's something that my body is holding on to that is trying to let go of that I haven't yet uncovered so as I started doing my own work and changing all of that for myself I started to do the same with my patients and started to see you know women yes they're doing the right things they're eating the right way, they're taking all the supplements, and yet they're still not receiving the results that they could get until they start unraveling those stories. And still they start looking at not just the big T traumas, but the micro ones that created our masks that we wear, the roles that we step into, the identities that we carry that we think we have to, and not realizing that that's literally changing how your body is reacting. Like it could be a moment where we're having a conversation with our partner and we get triggered. It could be a smell. It could be watching somebody cook. And it reminds us of our childhood of a moment that there was an experience that didn't feel safe or you know our parents were fighting or whatever it was and immediately the body goes into this fight flight fright um freeze or please kind of state and so once I understood that really deeply I was able to teach that and then allow women to go through these processes to uncover it so then all of a sudden their whole relationship to their body started to change
0: Yeah. I love how you brought up PCOS because I think, um, PCOS is one of those diagnoses, 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 Mm -hmm. where, um, as soon as they hear it, they automatically go, Oh, I'm infertile. I'm never going to be able to lose weight. Like we step into that identity of I am PCOS. And instead of like, no, you know, this is, you know, not you. And there's so much that you can do about that. So I love that you brought that up because I know that, That in particular, I see with all of my clients is something where they take on that identity um, Mm -hmm. of your diagnosis. And I know, you know, women going through menopause or perimenopause, like same thing or anything, as soon as we get a diagnosis, even though it's nice, it's nice to have like a name to put to our symptoms. um, We tend to take on that diagnosis and like, that is, you know, who we are going to be. And we start shaping our decisions around that. So I think that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about when you were talking about heavy bleeding and your body's trying to tell you something. Um, so how do you do that when you're with your clients and um, showing them that, uh, you know, your period is your fifth vital sign, you know, mm-hmm. your symptoms aren't just there for you to take a pill and be like, no, 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 be quiet. Um, like rewrite that narrative because that's yeah. what we're taught. You know, you have a headache, take ibuprofen,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, that's driven into us, even with our cycles, when we're very young, right? As soon as a woman gets her period, instead of um, seeding in her that this is her superpower, we're seeding in them that this is something of inconvenience. And it's something that you have to dread every single month. So I think the Mm -hmm. first thing is changing that relationship to our cycle and understanding that it is something that is actually a real gift for us. And it's a way our body gets to cleanse every month. So education first, right? So usually talk a woman through her cycle. So if she's a menstruating woman, I will teach what is happening in that first half of her cycle and what the body is actually requiring of us, what kind of nourishment it's requiring, what kind of foods it's requiring, what movement is necessary and also our relationship. So in that first half, after we've already bled, we are more inclined to be external because that's yeah. what the energy body is requiring. We may feel a, a sensual too because you know ovulation is going to happen, testosterone is going to start going up, and yeah. so the whole idea around that first half is to get you ready and fertile for that moment.
0: Mm-hmm. So you may
1: feel you know a bit. Um, like you really want to be out there, your projects and stuff, like you feel more creative, like there's yeah. all of that going on. And then come com ovulation, if there's no pregnancy, then, you know, your hormones draw progesterone needs to go up at this point, And that's our nurturing hormone. And so this is where we want to go more internal, we want mm-hmm. more nourishment, we want to change the way we move, we want to change the way we eat. But our lives don't operate in that rhythm. Yeah. So we are so, cool. so out of sync, right? We are so yeah. out of rhythm in and out of that connection with what is supposed to happen. So we have these expectations, like, why is my libido so low in the second half of my cycle? And then we start shaming ourselves. Mm -hmm. So when we start to understand what's supposed to happen, how we can get back into rhythm, what decisions we can make every day that's going to serve our constitution, that's going to serve our hormones, then we can start to kind of uncover, okay, where is the balancing act here? What blood work do I need to do? What urine tests do I need to do? What do I need to investigate that? Okay, maybe my liver is clogged up. Maybe it's coming from my gut connection and my mind Mm -hmm. connection. So we can work on that physiology. And then once the energy is there, then we step into that mind body and that emotional Mm -hmm. body. So heavy periods, clots, often there's estrogen dominance. So why do we have estrogen dominance? So questioning. Mm So is it what I'm eating? Am I eating pesticide filled foods, um, hormone filled meats, my environment, the makeup I'm wearing, the products I'm using for cleaning? What am I cooking with? So then we just start to unravel these things that we do have control over, Mm -hmm. right? And then as we do that, we can start to make slow changes and we can start to uncover like if I have endometriosis, maybe there was a moment in my life where I didn't feel safe. So why, you know, why is my reproductive system reacting and responding to its environment like this? So then we can start to go into those stories once Mm -hmm. a woman feels safe enough to, so then we can start releasing them. So they don't have this hold on us for the rest of our lives.
0: Oh, so important. Follow, like, just keep digging deeper. I mean, I hear it all the time and I think we're just so indoctrinated to be like, oh, I have symptoms of estrogen dominance. Great. What can mm-hmm. I, what supplement can I take for that instead of mm-hmm. what's causing it? Or like you have low progesterone. Great. There's a progesterone cream I saw at the health food store. That's mm-hmm. like my personal pet peeve <laughs> um, is progesterone supplementation. Cause it's like, what is causing it, you know? And yeah. if you just keep suppressing that it's going to crop up in other areas of your life and be like, Hey, I'm still trying to get your attention here. Yeah. Um so, I just love that you really start with let's dig deeper, let's dig deeper, and then let's, you know, retrain, which I mm-hmm. think is so important. I want to step back for a second, actually, <clears throat> and talk about one of the topics you cover in your book, which is um, about how stress and trauma in your childhood can shape your hormone blueprint.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I just really want to chat about this because I know that a lot of women tend to think it's all genetic, you know, like Mm. my mom had horrible periods. I'm going to have horrible periods. My mom struggles to lose weight. I struggle to lose weight instead of looking at that environment that we keep passing
1: down to our kids. So could we dive into that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, when you, even when you look at things like breast cancer, you know, nine out of ten are environmental, one out of ten is genetic, right? So that in itself yes. can I give us some perspective that really our environment does dictate how we're going to perform and how we're going to thrive or not thrive. Yes. And so when we're in our mother's womb, and even beyond that, when your mother is in her mother's womb, you're already being developed in her ovaries, Mm -hmm. right? So that's how far back it goes and even further really energetically. Yeah, yeah. so now here you are carrying the stories of the women that have come before you already when you're in the womb. So when we're in the womb, we are noticing, we are getting hormones from our mother um, according Mm -hmm. to her environment, her stresses, what she's eating, all the various things. We're listening to the environment so that we can change our phenotype and how we are going to represent ourselves so we can fit into the tribe that we're stepping into. Because if we don't fit in, we are then shunned out and then we don't survive. Mm-hmm. So that's step one. And then we're born into this environment And depending on, you know, mom and dad's habits, environment themselves, eating, yes, all of that's going to influence our foundation, our microbiome, and all the various things. But really, it's in our observation, because we're sponges from like zero to seven, everything's going into our subconscious brain, telling us that this is fact, this is how you deal with life. When there's a challenge, this is how you react. So we're taking all of that in, learning how to react, reading people's facial expressions. When we mm-hmm. say maybe you are speaking really loudly and we're being ourselves and, you know, just trying to be free. And then we get a disappointed look from a caretaker. It teaches us that, oh, using my voice is not safe. I just disappointed somebody. I should tone that down. Mm-hmm. So we start to learn these characteristics at a very, very young age, which then changes what we're going to do. It's gonna change the choices that we're going to make with what we eat according to our environment, how we're going to speak according to our environment, just Mm -hmm. how we're going to live. And as we do that, so if, you know, there's been stress in those beginning years that first surge of DHEA that we get, which is the hormone that's like a precursor to estrogen and testosterone, will be depleted. So we won't actually be stepping into life with this full functioning adrenal gland and ovaries that are going to give us all the hormones that we need. There's been studies done on Holocaust survivors where most of their children were born with adrenal insufficiency because of the stress that they had to Mm -hmm. deal with. So it kind of tells you that it's not necessarily... The actual genetics and DNA—it's what's getting turned on because of the environment that you're in, and then that's going to dictate your foundation, which is then going to dictate your belief about yourself, which mm-hmm. then dictates your personality and your actions, and then your physiology.
0: Yeah, it all comes together. And okay, well, I just want to go back to pregnancy for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so, um So, that the um, the concept that like you know when your mom is like in the womb, she already has like all of her eggs. So like you, your grandmother also carried yeah. you. It just blows my mind. But all the times I hear from moms, actually, as soon as they get pregnant, you know, we get this overwhelming sense of wanting to take care of your baby. And they're like, Oh, mm-hmm. I need to clean up my diet. I need to do all this stuff. And I'm like, yes, I agree. We should do that. But It's actually before, before you're even pregnant is when your nutrient and mineral levels are determining, um, you know, those genes like being turned on or off. And so I think it's so important, um, like, yes, men, like, you know, you donate your sperm. So yes, take care of your health, but women like you're, you do so much. Like your baby is the one that takes on your gut microbiome. So taking Mm -hmm. care of your um, health is so important, not just when you're pregnant, but it like is impacting that baby. Um, The thing I think is like mind blowing to me, mind blowing is the, the test that they've done on umbilical cords and already seen like how many um, toxins and pesticides and like endocrine disruptors that are in the umbilical cord, because, you know, typically, you know, moms are like, I got, you know, the safe ingredients for my kiddos and everything. And it's like, no, it starts before then it starts like before you even get pregnant, like impacts so much. It's just it's just Mm -hmm. crazy to me. So Mm -hmm. I really, um, as a mom, I know like you want to do anything for your kids Mm -hmm. and it's like the best things that you can do is take care of your health because you're passing that on. You're sharing that.
1: Yeah, Um, Yeah. Even your ability to respond to life is being passed down. Right so your your mental health your emotional health your physical yeah. health have to come first because they're watching so even yes. when they come out they're watching and learning and so if we want the best for them we really have to think about what's best for us mm-hmm. so that you know healthy mom equals healthy kids happy wife equals happy life. I think many men have already understood that piece. Yeah. And it really is so important to have that self-care piece, but many women will feel like it's selfish when really it's mm-hmm. the best thing that you can do for the world is to take care of yourself.
0: Yeah. Because you're, you're passing on so much. So yeah. where do you think that starts? Because like, mm-hmm. I think that it starts with education because mm-hmm. most of the time um, I truly think that they just don't know that mm-hmm. there is Another way. um, You know, their daughter gets her period and she has really heavy bleeding. You go to the OBGYN, they're like, I got a solution for that. That's right. (laughs) Put you on birth control. Magic pill.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, So, where do you think it starts, like making that change?
1: Yeah, it's what you said. It really is education and changing our relationship to our womb and to our periods and to our hormones and really accepting of that, accepting the process of aging, accepting ourselves. So it really does come down to doing our own work so we can pass that down to the next generation. A good friend of mine, her youngest or her young girl had her period for the first time just a few months ago, and she's only nine. And so I made it a point to make time to call her to talk to her about it and how, how it really is her superpower and how proud I am of her and how amazing it is that she gets to step into womanhood now. And like, what are her dreams? Like really just embedding this superpower piece inside of young women, I think is so important and so empowering because everything around them is taking their power away. Everything that's telling them in media, social media, like you are not enough. You need this type of makeup, you need, you need this kind of butt lift, you need this kind of this, this, this in order to fit in and be beautiful. But if we embed that in them from a young age and we have to model that first, So that self-acceptance really is first and not, this isn't just education for women, young women. It's also for the young men. I have two young boys. Mm -hmm. I am constantly educating them about my body and what I am moving through throughout my cycle and what happens and stuff. And then we talk about theirs and so that they are also informed because if they go out and have relationships, they're coming from a different perspective of allowing and creating Mm -hmm. space for their women. If they choose to be with women to be able to do that right? So I just, I think open conversations are really important and being able to just talk about it without shame. And so Mm -hmm. that comes down to doing your own work.
0: Yeah, definitely talking about it because Mm -hmm. um, when I first started talking about periods, like when I started, everything started with fibroadenomas, which I had Mm. to Google what those were. And I didn't know anybody with fibroadenomas. I didn't know anybody with um, painful periods or crazy periods because my sister and my mom didn't have that. So Mm. I was just like, I'm the one with like cycle periods. So something is wrong with me because Mm. my mom had like regular cycles to the dot you know? Mm. And as I was talking about it and learning more, everyone's like, Oh yeah, I've had that too. Or I have really painful periods. And it's, they come out of the woodworks when all of a sudden you feel like, Oh wow. Like this is really common. Like a lot of women deal with this. Like we can make this change. So yeah. talking about it and it is the first step be educating yeah. and just, it's not TMI. Don't feel
1: alone. Yeah. Right. And that happens so much, especially right now, like one out of six couples in the U S and Canada have infertility challenges Yes. and yet nobody's talking about it. Right. So the more we talk about it, the more we can really be in that space of community and support each other instead of being in competition where we will step into compassion so that we can create solutions together instead of trying to hide ourselves out of shame.
0: Yeah. We're, we're stronger as a community. Um, mm-hmm. I love that you did that with your um, friend's daughter, getting her period. Mm. I don't have any girls yet. I just yeah. have a boy. <laughs> um, and he's always on um, my client calls and stuff because mm-hmm. he's just two. And I'm like, you know what? You are going to know more about periods than any other guy out there, honey. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: it's good so, for the relationships. And yeah. so I also think just relationships with couples too, if you know, your counterpart knows and understands your cycle, if if they understand it, your libido will go down in the second half yes. or during your period, these are the things that you require. You want more quiet space. You want more time to yourself. You need different kinds of self-care practices. They will get it. My boys know when I get my period that, that that's me time. And so I, you know, go off on walks on my own or I'll do other things. And they, they understand that this is what mom needs in order to just feel grounded. So mm-hmm. then there's just better communication and better support if you're able to communicate yeah
0: and making it a beautiful practice instead Mm. of like oh my gosh i get so annoyed when people are like oh are you just pmsing i'll come back in a week and ask you that question or oh it's your shark week and i'm like Mm. making everything about your periods and your cycle which is your superpower such a negative connotation you know yeah yeah um which is frustrating when if you really tap into that um it is your superpower. I mean, it can make you better at, you know, all of the things you're doing. Um. Okay. So let's talk just a little bit about some solutions specifically. Mm-hmm. In, um maybe not so much dietary because I know they get a lot of that, but more yeah. like self-awareness um, mm. for when it comes to balancing your hormones. Like
1: mm.
0: um, what does that look like if you're like, okay, I know my hormones are screwed up. So mm. where do I start with that?
1: Yeah. So the first is, um, like you said, awareness. So understanding when we're having some of those thoughts, like we have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day that we don't have to attach to every single one and knowing that many of them aren't really coming from our own psyche, they're coming from Past patterns, past beliefs, and often we're in this moment, but we're actually reacting from a moment before, yes. not so much about what's going on in this moment here. So, when we're under stress, when we are triggered, which, you know, unfortunately, many of us are in that space 98% of the time of our day instead of just 2%. Mm-hmm. So, many of us are sitting in that sympathetic nervous system, in that overdrive, more yeah. than we are in our parasympathetic, which is our rest and digest. So, when we're sitting there, we're releasing cortisol, we're releasing adrenaline, and then we're depleting progesterone, estrogen, testosterone are all the hormones that help us thrive. So if we can recognize, say, you know, our partner says something or we're in traffic, or we read or see something, all of a sudden, you know, there's this bodily reaction happening. The thing that I like to seed for women is to pause. So I have these pause moments in my book. So in that pause, what we're trying to do is create space between that stimulus or that trigger and your response. We have like a microsecond where we get to choose. So so if we don't pause there, what's going to happen is your limbic system and your amygdala are going to take over. So that's your emotional body. It's going to gather information from your hippocampus where your memory is stored, tell your hypothalamus and your pituitary gland to, again, secrete those survival hormones just to help you survive that moment that is not what we want, unless you're in true danger, then yes, that is the cycle that we want. But often, we're not in actual danger, we're sitting at our desk, just having a thought about something. So if we can pause and ask ourselves a question, so that question can be, where is this coming from? Who does this belong to? Is this choice I'm making going to nourish me and get the end result that I want? Is it going to get me connection or get me more disconnected? Once we start to ask a question, we are no longer caught up in the moment. We are now the observer of the moment. So once we're the observer, we can then decide what the next step is that's actually going to nourish us and feed us rather than deplete us energetically. And the more we start to practice that, the greater that gap becomes between the trigger and the response. So when life is happening, because stress is going to happen all the time, right? It's just a part of life. Stress is part of life. And it's a good part of life because it teaches us so much about ourselves. But if we can learn to respond, that we are no longer chained by that stress, but instead we are ruling our world now. Now Mm -hmm. we get to command what's happened happening next because we are in control of those thought processes and that understanding of ourself. And it's not going to be perfect every time, but you're going to have more and more awareness that that's happening. So then what happens is your other hormones are like, Hey, she's actually listening. Okay. I can actually show up for her a little bit more my progesterone Mm. may just start going up because now it's not getting converted into cortisol constantly. So now, you know, the PMS might change or the relationship to the PMS might change and it's not hindering you from living life anymore.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's just such a simple thing that we can start Mm. doing, you know, and it's free, (laughs) you know, we always (laughs) talk about how expensive, um, Mm -hmm. healthcare is, but this is free. This is rewiring your brain. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just want to stress for everybody that you can take all the right supplements and you can eat all the right food, but if you do not manage your stress, like you're going to be spinning in circles because Mm -hmm. like your body's going to be constantly trying to save you instead of, you know, making happy hormones, like reproductive hormones. Um, I get this all the time from students, actually. They're like, my life is just stressful. Mm. (laughs) I'm like, everybody's life is stressful. Um, It's about like rewiring that nervous system. So what are some of your favorite ways of doing that? Because I have to say my like top notch, top of the line is EFT tapping. Like Mm, I just literally like feel the anxiousness (laughs) with my body. (laughs) Um, But what is yours?
1: Yeah, no, tapping is amazing. So I have non-negotiables that I do in my day. And for me, it's movement. So I'm somebody that can stay in my mind a lot. And so in order for me to feel grounded, I need to step into my body. So yoga has been essential for me, Um, even HIIT workouts, things like that. So when I try to meet the stress, the energy of the stress with that Mm -hmm. movement, because what that does, it tires me out in a way that gives my nervous system this opportunity to actually relax. And that's kind of what yoga is, like real yoga is happening in Shavasana when you're laying down, that's where the integration is happening. What you're doing before is getting your body ready to integrate. So for me, yoga and meditation have been huge and connecting with nature. So we were Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, our periods being our superpower, like we are so connected to nature. As women, especially the moon. So looking outside, making sure we're going outside every single day, those simple acts just take us out of our mind and into our hearts. So -hmm. for me, that's huge. Another kind of quirky one that I have for myself, I've always been a dancer. So I will, if I'm stepping into say doing a podcast or something feels really stressful and really hard, I will put on a Bollywood song and I will belt it out.
0: Yes. As loud
1: as I can and dance to it and just get that moment out because then what it teaches my body is that every moment is temporary and I can shift my state yeah. when I choose, I can be in a state of pain, and then I can step into joy. So the more I really get intimate with my emotions and start talking to them and understanding, okay, what is this about? How can I shift it? Not to avoid it. Cause there's a lot of yeah. bypassing that happens with yes. our shadow emotions, but to like really step into it and then being able to change my state. So then I can actually step into action. That's going to help me resolve the, the stress in that moment.
0: Oh, feel it. Yes. Mm. Because Yeah. Everyone wants to be happy. You know, like Mm -hmm. we'd all like to be happy a hundred percent of the time, but it doesn't really work that way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And we do have to feel those emotions. And I almost think about it as it's not like when you're working on your mindset, it's not that you're going to be happy all the time. It's not that everything's going to be perfect all the time. It's you retrain your nervous system, how to react. So like, even though the situation is stressful, my body internally knows That it's safe, you know, like
1: we aren't running
0: from a bear, even though, you know, this
1: situation is stressful because it just creates clarity Mm -hmm. and trust, yes, trust within yourself.
0: It always comes back. Um, it always comes back to the adrenals, like your Mm -hmm. stress and all of that stuff. So, Okay. So how can, how can people work with you? Like if they're Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I want to do some more of this. I know that, um, you, your book has recently come out December, Mm -hmm. I believe. December 7th. Yeah. And so we will put that in the link in the show notes because everyone should educate themselves there as well, but how can they work with you or contact you all that good stuff?
1: Yeah. So my website's drsoniajensen.com and, um, that's also my Instagram and Facebook handles as well super easy.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure to
1: talk with you. Thank you.